Good morning, friends. Welcome. Happy to have you here on our 202, 202nd episode. How you doing, Lou? I'm doing very well. I'm still stunned we're at 200 episodes, but it's yeah. been great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, was just watching on TV. Somebody else has a podcast um, in on the news, and he had his 200th episode. They had big parties celebrating it. And I said, oh, we didn't do a party. <laughs> it's a worthwhile celebration. That's yeah. yeah. We're doing something right. You get 200 episodes going. That's, yep. uh, perseverance, as we talked about, what, uh, episode two, uh, 200 or 201, we talked about perseverance. Yeah, and that's a good segue into today's episode because we're going to be talking about perseverance, fortitude, resolve, the determination to keep going. Yep. Um, so, friends, today, episode 202, we're going to be talking again about chapter 18, verses 33 to 35. And these, Krishna sets it up so beautifully. The Gita sets it up where you start to learn the different qualities of sattva, rajas, and tamas, those three gunas that everything in this world has, including living things, beings, and non-living things have sattva, uh, rajas, and, and tamas. Just as an example, a little bit aside, but even an atom, you know, the, the pattern with which the uh, atom itself moves everything within is sattva, the methodical way in which it does it. Um, I, I forget, uh, sorry, the movement itself, the rushing back and forth, that's rajas. And the fact that it's inert at other times is tamas. So everything that has atoms has in and of itself uh, tamas, rajas, and uh, sattva. So for example, a rock is purely tamasic. It is a rock. It is tamasic. You can't say that it doesn't move because it at, its atoms do move. Mm -hmm. Its molecules do move. Over centuries, that rock will become, say, less or dissolve or become uh, mud or, or change to a, a carbon, to a diamond. Uh, some of them, not all of them. So I'm sure there's some limitations to what I'm saying. But all beings and most inanimate objects have sattva, rajas, and tamas. We don't want to get bogged down in the weeds to go into deeper and deeper. But um, I think we would be comfortable to say us human beings we are sattva, rajas, and tamas. Why is that important? Because as Krishna leads up to it, these three verses talk about the sattvic, rajasic, and tamasic dhriti. Dhriti means the resolve, the determination, the fortitude to keep going. That's to have your attention span on one thing. That's dhriti, sattvic. Next, he'll be talking about happiness. Happiness, sattvic happiness, rajasic happiness, tamasic happiness. As time goes on, and we've been, done this for the last nine or ten verses, you will see that what Krishna is giving you is a very clear example, understanding of what sattva is, what rajas is, and what tamas is. Then he'll start talking about the four different classes of people, which the British converted to castes of people. Mm -hmm. So you have a Brahman class, a rajasic, sorry, a kshatriya class, a, a trader class, and a manual laborer class. He's not saying that these are caste systems, but essentially he's saying the people who have more of the qualities of action, of rajas, 
are deemed to be kings or warriors or fighters. Those who have the ability to trade fall into the category of a tradesman. And those who are pure and, and sattvic fall into the uh, uh, category of being intellectuals. So we'll get to that when we get to that point. So let's quickly do uh, verse 33, which talks about sattvic dhriti. Dhriti is fortitude, resolution, perseverance, etc. And sattvic means the ability to hold on to your attention without letting it run. So uh, an attention span, for instance, that's one way of looking at sattvic dhriti. The other is whatever task you undertake, you see it through to the end so that you're not letting go halfway through the uh, in the middle because things are not working out. Right. That is characteristic of rajasic dhriti. Rajasic dhriti, if things don't go his way or her way, they say, eh, I don't want to do this, and they drop it. Sattvic dhriti carries on right to the end. So sattvic dhriti controls the mind controls the sense organs, including the organs of action. So sattvic dhriti doesn't let the uh, uh, organs of action just run away with themselves and do whatever they want to do. They control the sense organs and the prana to a single point without being distracted, unflinching, and with practice. So the key words here are with practice. This doesn't happen automatically. It happens with practice. You have to... <clears throat> Make sure that you put your resolve and determination and practice it. A sattvic person has a strong, subtle intellect. In Sanskrit, that's known as sukshma buddhi. And with this strength of this, his sukshma buddhi, his subtle intellect, he keeps away from the temptations that the senses uh, are being subject to and keeps away from the temptations of the mind and the intellect. He uses discipline and resolve, dhriti, to control his organs of action and his knowledge and to discipline their activities so they don't just do anything that they want to do. They all have uh, something necessary to do and they keep doing that uh, properly because he's disciplining them. He keeps them within the bounds of what is taught to us in the scriptures. We are each born with the tendency to do quote, the right things, right? Right. We grow up in society, and as we grow up, the child picks up the tendencies to do the, quote, wrong things. The two tendencies are always at war with each other, mm -hmm. um, good and bad. So they are always fighting. And in the scriptures, the mythology teaches us that the uh, gods and the demons are always fighting with each other. So it requires firm practice on your part and a life of discipline. Keep this in mind. Write it down. Firm practice, a life of discipline, proper attitudes, doing karma yoga. Your karma, whatever good you do as karma yoga that you're doing for others, not for yourself. And meditation. When you're doing all of this, your dhriti, your sattvic dhriti becomes greater. All of us have the ability to pay attention. Do we? No. We have the ability, but our mind wanders. We don't control it. Our senses wander. Our intellect wanders. Your mind, your senses, your prana, they all wander. We need to be able to control them. Your consciousness, which is God within you, 
your consciousness has the ability to pay attention. Once you focus your mind, your consciousness, your intellect on something, it needs to remain steady and focused. Steady and focused, your mind has to be on whatever it is that it's focusing on. That is known as Sattvic Dhriti. Don't get distracted. Don't be fickle. That's the key. So that's, my friends, Sattvic Dhriti, verse 33. Verse 34 talks about Rajasik Dhriti. What is Rajasik Dhriti? Rajasik Dhriti is that steadfastness which perseveres to gain knowledge of how to fulfill one's own needs for more pleasure, more wealth. That's one. To do one's duty. That's two. While being very attached. That's three. And desirous of the rewards of the fruit. That's four. Mm -hmm. So here are the things. Rajasik Dhriti is also steadfastness. But it is steadfastness for these four things. And we will go over them. So, for example, in the scriptures, there's a demon, a ten-headed demon that uh, kidnaps Ram's wife, Sita. So, Ravan, the demon, kidnaps the wife and moves her to his kingdom, which is Sri Lanka at that time, Ceylon. And he keeps her captive there. And then the whole story is about all the good that Ram does and his army. And they go and pick up Sita and bring her back. But Ravan, the demon, has dhriti. He has steadfastness. He sits there and he prays. And he is absolutely resolute in whatever it is that he does. Ravan, the demon, had with great dhriti, steadfastness and resoluteness, said prayers and had so much determination that he got the, uh, the attention of the gods and he asked for a boon. And that's how he got it. So bad negative tendencies can also have dhriti and resoluteness. So you can be resolute that I am going to cheat yeah. such and such people for money. And you can have tremendous resoluteness. So it's a question of whether you have sattvic dhriti or rajasic dhriti. So rajasic dhriti is what we see in most people in this world. So we see this, the majority of people have rajasic dhriti. And they have great perseverance for, number one, as we said, righteousness, dharma. So they follow a path of religiousness, rigidity. So that is also dhriti, right? They're doing it because they say, if I go to this house of worship, temple, mosque, uh, synagogue, or church, God will give me money, good health, etc. So they have dhriti. They have steadfastness in going to their house of worship, but they're not going for the right reasons. They're going for getting those rewards. That's number one. Number two, karma, desire. That's the second, that they have desire for various things. They follow those desires with dhriti. Number three is artha, wealth, money. Number four is attachment to all of the above and the results of their actions. So they persevere. And they acquire knowledge to say, how can I make more money? Just as an example, uh, how can I get more power? How can I get uh, Rama's wife? What plans can I do? How to make money? Then how to make more money? They're not satisfied with just the money that they make. Focusing on how to acquire more wealth, more power. They think of nothing else but severe perseverance right to death. That's all they think about. 
Right. Um, gaining worldly things, rajasikdriti, focused on actions, results of actions, produces more and more vasanas. The more you succeed in getting this, the more your vasanas develop to say, I want to get more. The more you fail in getting it, the more your vasanas develop because you say, I want it. So that's as far as acquisitions. Duty. You create your own duty. So this is an important thing, friends. It says, driti towards your duty. Why? Because you notice that most of us, we create our own duty. We have self-imposed. If we're rajasic, okay, not if we're tamasic. Tamasic say, I just want to show my face at the job. If my boss sees me, then I'll just hide in some corner, smoke a cigarette, and maybe I'll get out before the day is done. But a rajasic person feverishly works because he wants his boss to notice him and give him a promotion, give him more money. So he creates this duty for himself. Mm -hmm. he, you are the king over your duty and your work. You, not the other way around, but instead you allow your work and duty to control you. You rush, you hurry, you worry. You are work feverishly as, as far as work is concerned. These are self-imposed responsibilities. That clinging, self-imposed, to your work and duty is called rajasik driti. So that's as far as duty. The second, next one is kama and artha, pleasure and wealth. The two driving forces, very, very important in life, two driving forces in everybody's life is acquisition, number one, and enjoyment, number two. Acquisition and enjoyment. You want to keep acquiring wealth, for instance, objects, for instance, and then you want to enjoy them. If you just accumulate them, it's like making a fantastic feast or dinner, putting it on the table, and nobody's at the table to eat it. <laughs> so accumulating money alone is not enough. But rajasic people often just accumulate money, and they don't spend it. It's like creating a huge meal, putting it on the table, and then saying, no, 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 I can't touch it. I can't eat it. If you don't spend that money, you don't get the enjoyment. Really, money is like sense objects because yes. essentially you can barter your money to get sense objects to, to fulfill your sense organs. So you acquire things, acquire things, acquire things. We are preoccupied with uh, acquisition and enjoyment. You acquire, then you show off what you have. You hoard what you have. Acquisition uh, gets you further and further down. The driti with what, which one clings to material motivation and sensual motivation is called sattvic, uh, sorry, called rajasic driti, mm -hmm. that uh, perseverance. Then much attached and desirous of fruit or rewards. The mind is always thinking of the past and what mistakes you made and what didn't happen and what prevented you from becoming successful in your deal is always thinking of the past and the results of the future. If I do this, will I get this, etc. The attachment to the past, longing for the future, that steadfastness with which the mind clings to the past and future is called rajasik driti. Rajasik driti is always looks for opportunities, always. It's like saying, I want to make a killing, right? That's analogous to a vulture. That's what the scriptures say. A vulture flies way up in the sky, mm -hmm. but where are his eyes? The vulture's eyes are always down on the ground looking for dead carcasses. 
The minute he sees it, he comes swooping down the vulture onto that dead carcass and starts to eat it. Well, I've actually seen this mm. in, in Africa. It was a fascinating sight. When that big vulture came down, all the small little birds and even the hyena sort of moved aside yeah. for the vulture because it was so huge. But Rajasik Dhriti is like that of a vulture. It's looking to make a killing and is looking to feed off of others to make advantages for itself. A corporate executive, Ravana, uh, all of these people are looking to take advantage of a situation or like Ravana, somebody else's wife, for benefits to himself. <clears throat> Tamasik Dhriti holds very firmly onto a false life which is imagined by him. The imagination of this Tamasik person makes him develop all kinds of, number one, fears. Fears of unknown things that he imagines, right. despair and sadness because of his uncertain future, because again of his delusional thinking about his future. Yet, in spite of this, you would think that because he has so many fears, because he is despairing and sad, you would think that he'd be uh, sort of cowed down and feeling sad uh, because of that. No, the other way around. He's actually arrogant. He's vain. He thinks of himself as very great, as a counterbalance to his inferiority complex. So Tamasik Dhriti shows improper thinking. And such a person will not give up sleep. He will sleep. In, in Krishna's words, he calls it dream. He says he, he will dream. So why does he say dream and not sleep? Because he's incorporating nighttime and sleep as well as daytime because he's saying, such a person, a tamasic person, not only in his sleep and his dreams, but also during the day. He's daydreaming about these different things. So he will not give up sleep or his fears, no matter how much you talk to him, or his sorrow or depression, no matter what you say to him. You will end up sad and despair, but he won't give it up because he's so fixated in a tamasic fashion. He's intoxicated with the sense organs. That's the only thing that gives him pleasure. Tamasic perseverance is that if you hold on to a false imaginary concept, imagine fears, impressions with no basis in reality. The fear is of people or of eating or holding on to it no matter what reassurance you give him. The sorrow is of the past. You cannot, he cannot give up that. He becomes sad and depressed for life. The pride and arrogance and vanity that he shows is firmly holding on to these false notions or for the rest of his life. Or he holds on to things that he had from the past. Oh, I used to be the um, uh, senator at such and such a state. I used to be the president of such and such. And he just keeps talking about of what he used to be. People get sick and tired of hearing it. But at the same time, he conveys the attitude of sadness of moroseness, of depression, of anxiety. Krishna calls this sleep, as I mentioned, because of his daydreaming. And when he's awake, he has fear of one thing or another, no, of death, of fear of losing money. Why does he afraid of fear of losing money? Because he knows that he has no ability to make that money back. Not like a Rajasik person that says, I'll get it, I'll, or a Sattvic person. This person says, whatever money I got, I got it by luck or chance. I don't want to lose it. So he's fearful of losing that money or his resources. Because in order to make money, 
or to do well in life, you have to have determination. You have to put effort. This tamasic person doesn't put in any effort or use up any of his energy. So there's no resolve, no resolve to change. He doesn't have this resolve. That's the same reason why he cannot give up his sadness. He won't do anything about it. No matter what you tell him to try to get out of this sadness or this fears, he will not give up this depression. Generally pervades his entire day and his entire life. Yet he's under this spell of intoxication, pursuing simple gratifications of his sense organs, because that's the only thing that will keep him in some good humor. He won't listen to anybody's advice. He minimizes, in fact, other people's accomplishments, minimizes them and inflates his own. Oh, what, what, what do you think he is? Uh, you think he's great? I used to be the senator of this state. I used to be the chief this. I used to be the president of such and such. Inferiority complex. Arrogance is an expression of his own ignorance. So, friends, we talk now about the sattvic dhriti, the rajasic dhriti, and the tamasic dhriti. And next episode, <clears throat> verse 36 to 39, we'll be talking about sattvic happiness, rajasic happiness and tamasic happiness. I think you'll find that very interesting and fascinating. Lou, any comments? No, I, the, you were talking about the mind wandering earlier and how difficult it is to keep in mind. It's not necessarily just that it wanders. It's designed to seek out threats. It's designed to understand everything that's going on. It's searching for things. So, you know, I, I often equate it to walking a dog. You, you can't get into your dog's mind and get every fear and every excitement they have. You have to try to control that a little bit. And most people don't think they're separate from their mind. They think their mind is who they are. Right. Good point. So a mind and the intellect is two different things. Yeah. So the intellect has to decide, do I do this or do I do that? The mind is, the basis of the mind is emotions, it's desires, right? A mind, is a mind is reactive. Well, the mind basically, all it does is, I want this, I want that. I want this, I want that. Yep. Whatever it wants, then it is up to the intellect to decide. Should I allow it or should I not? Determine to decide. Right. So the mind says, oh, it looks like there's a crowd over there. Should I go there? So it looks like something is happening. I want to see. Maybe they're getting something for free. Maybe I'll get to see something. The intellect then says, no, nah, I don't think you want to go there. It looks a little dangerous. You could get into trouble. And it says, don't, don't do that. That's the danger that you were talking about. The intellect decides. If you have a strong intellect. A weak intellect says, yeah, let's go. If the mind takes over and the mind says, I want to do that, so I would do it. So whatever the mind wants, it essentially, as the mind gets stronger and the intellect gets weaker, right. the mind can actually decide for you which what, you, what it wants you to do. Whereas it should be that the intellect is the one controlling it. That's where this, these scriptures teach us to make stronger our intellect so that we can avoid the dangers and the risks that the mind puts us into. Right. All right. Check for episodes on all your favorite podcast outlets. If you're watching this on Facebook and past episodes on the Facebook page, on your podcast outlets as well. We've got a new Instagram account. Uh, so make sure you look that up. And so you can follow along with us as well if you're an Instagram follower. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, friends.